It's time to once again don the headphones, equip the mic, and record a new episode of ASO Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and otaku of all ages, welcome to a brand new episode of ASO Radio. I, of course, am your host, NZ17, returned from yet another, well, indeterminably long hiatus of unexplained origin. However, I'm glad to be here and bringing you a brand new episode of ASO Radio, episode 125, the 10th anniversary episode of ASO Radio. Does it really seem that long? Yes, back in August... 13th, 1999, Acer Radio got its humble debut, starting as a real audio, well, internet show. We brought weekly talk radio-like reviews of anime, manga, and video games, courtesy of NZ17, then T-Man, then Z-Guy, then DB3, and a host of other short-lived, well, varied hosts that we had off and on throughout the years. But mainly the staples of those four brought us all the reviews, news, and anime and manga tidbits that we needed and loved. Well, now here we are, 10 years, plus some time I didn't do an episode, and we're back to bring episode 125 itself a milestone number, the 125th episode of the show, and bringing it to you in a brand new decade. We did the end of the 90s, we did the whole 2000s, and now we're in 2010, and about to start the decade that will end in 2020. So, what do we have in store for this episode? The same old time-tested goodness that we have had for, well, not quite generations, but for a really long time. We're going to bring you the anime news. We're going to bring you some anime reviews and, of course, our legendary Hotspot, which has, a well, a somewhat random selection of anime, video game, manga, and soundtrack reviews. Well, okay, so it's generally not anime reviews. We covered that earlier in the show. But it is a random feature spot, which we hope to go and bring you uh, something something uh, pretty cool. So, anyways, sit tight, and uh, let's play some music. Well, intro music, and get on to the anime news. Well, in the period of time it's taken us to go from episode 124 to episode 125, well, there was just so much anime news, I thought, you know what, let's not dredge up old news, let's be concerned with what's new, the new news, or new, new, new news? Eh, whatever it's called, it's news, and it's the newest news, so let's get started. A group called Not A Basement Studio launched a manga rock app that displays unauthorized translated scans from hundreds of manga Apple's uh, titles on Apple's iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad mobile devices. Among the titles that this free app reports, uh, reposts from a scanlation site are Fairy Tale, Air Gear, Soul Eater, a whole bunch of them. The app allows users to read manga chapters online or download them for offline viewing. The disclaimer for the app states, all manga characters and logos belong to the respective copyright owners. It also claims that the studio does not have an affiliation with the site that hosts the unauthorized manga scans. A similar program exists for the Android platform. 
Yen Press Publishing Director Kurt Hassler told Anime News Network, who, by the way, we use for most of our anime news, Given that content licensed by Yen Press appears on this application without our authorization, we are already in the process of contacting Apple to request the removal of the application until such time as our content has been removed. Among the Young Press titles that the app displays are Soul Eater, Black Butler, and Black God. And Anne is requesting titles from Apple, Delray, or awaiting responses from the respective companies whose uh, content is being hosted by this app. Update. Uh, the creators have also released a 1.0 version of the app with unauthorized manga scans on Apple's App Store uh, by Gratistus, although it has been available on the Android platform from a different developer. Green Onion Software has also had a similar app for over a year. Savvy Burn LLC posted their own app, but Viz Media requested the removal of titles that it licensed. Another app by Brandon Gray has manga titles removed due to copyright violations, so obviously this one app is not a unique situation. However, due to actions on behalf of Yen Press, the Manga Rock app has had the Yen Press titles removed as their request. Uh, so I guess that bit worked out. So be aware that the numerous manga uh, apps that you may see for the iPhone, iPad, and other mobile devices are not necessarily showing you manga, which has been appropriately licensed. Next up, someone's been uh, arrested on insider training. But what's the connection to Gonzo? A Tokyo man was arrested on charges of insider stock trading on an anime production company. Former Awazora Bank employee Takashi Matsubara, 49 years of age, was arrested for buying shares at low prices before the production company's partnership was made public, Gonzo that is, and then selling the shares at high prices after the partnership was announced. The 47 News Service identifies the company as GDH, the former parent company of the Gonzo Anime Studio. Since the alleged insider trading in 2006 and 7, GDH absorbed the anime studio Gonzo and adopted the Gonzo name for itself in April of 2009. According to the changes, Matsubara had received confidential information on the anime production company's planned third-party allocation of shares in early December of 2006. He then allegedly bought 135 shares of the company's stock for 11.6 million yen between December 11th and 2006 and January 19th, 2007. The JDH uh, announced a capital lineup with Sona Entertainment Corporation. After the anime production company's stock rose highly, Matsubara allegedly sold his shares for several million yen, several tens of thousands of U.S. dollars in profit in late January of 2007. YouTube is making more anime available through official channels for rent. The YouTube streaming website has officially launched the full version of its rental app store on Thursday. The Anime News Network video, or Anime Network video on demand service and the North American distributor Funimation have both videos for rental through the YouTube rental service. Both companies have actually been using the rental service since January, but these are new titles which are now available. From Funimation, there are Sands of Destruction, uh, the Sega RPG, uh, Blacker Than Black, Heroic Age, Gunslinger Girl, Il Tetrino. Uh, Shigorui Death Frenzy, and from the Anime Network, there's Destiny of the Shrine Maiden, Daphne of the Brilliant Blue, Dakota Tears to Tiara, Legends of the Dark King, A Fist of the North Star Story, UFO Ultra Maiden Valkyrie, Valkyrie 2, Valkyrie OAVA, and Burn Up OVA. 
Both Funimation and the Anime Network's rentals are listed at 99 cents per episode. The rental versions of the videos for, from Funimation are currently English dub, but the promise of English subtitle versions are still available in their entirety for free. Funimation is also streaming the first few dubbed episodes of each of several of its series for free. Similarly, the Anime Network is streaming the first episode of each of its series for free, unless the series is a one or two episode OVA. The Anime Network has also announced on Thursday that it will begin streaming the anime series Glass Mask on its website's online player the, later on. The company noted it will also be streaming the following episodes, Clannad Episode 9 and 10, Glass Mask Episode 1, Little Snow Fairy Sugar Episode 23, Maria Holic 12, Revolution Garolatina 25, Special A 21, Supergals 49, Terrors D... I'm just going to tell you the shows. Supergals, Tears to Tiara, The Skull Man, Tulrobu, uh, You're Under Arrest, uh, Yozakura Quartet, and Ichiban Ushiro no Daimao. The Anime Network has also announced that it has released its first iPad application, Appleseed Special Edition. The app includes the Appleseed film, wallpapers, clips of each main character, and detailed information, character development, and backstory. The app is available for $7.99 US dollars. The Los Angeles Times newspaper's blog reports that the American video website Hulu plans to test a subscription service as soon as May 24th. Under the service, the five episodes of a certain TV series would be made available for free, but for users to watch past episodes, they must subscribe to a service called Hulu Plus, which will cost $10 per month. And now for another pointless exercise, but everybody loves numbers and wants to see their titles win. So here's the New York Times manga bestseller list as of the week, April 11th to April 17th. Naturally, we have to wait for uh, this sort of news to come through for all the numbers to be tallied up. So the New York Times newspaper has listed its manga bestsellers from its bestseller list in the United States for the week ending April 17th. Um... First, big win for Yen Plus, because Young C. Kim's graphic novel adaptation of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Vampire series has remained the number one book on the separate hardcover graphic novels list for the fifth week in a row. So, what else do we have? Well, we have Rosario and Vampire Season 2, number 1, Naruto, number 47, The Gentleman's Alliance Cross, number 11, Yu-Gi-Oh! R, uh, number 4, um... Wait a minute. Are these numbers of their ranking? Or, nope, that's the title name, all right. Uh, Dogs Volume Number 3, uh, Black Butler Number 1, Inuyasha Number 47, Vampire Knight Number 9, Soul Eater Number 2, and Bleach Number 30 rounds out the top 10. As believe it or not, Bleach Number 30 has been on that top 10 list for six weeks, and Vampire Knight Number 9 has been on the list for 10 weeks, but nothing beats the long-running Naruto number 47 for the past 11 weeks on the list, and Black Butler number 1 has been on there for an astounding 12 weeks. Pretty impressive to be on a bestsellers list for 12 weeks, even if it does include 99 other books. So, Asama Tezuka's Buddha story, a uh, biography of Buddha, is going to be animated. And the staff for it and the date of release have been announced. So, the official website of Tezuka Productions has announced on Friday that the website for the anime film version of Osama Tezuka's Buddha manga has launched. As announced last year, the Tezuka Osama no Buddha Akai Sabako Yo 
Utsukushiku film will adapt his recounting of the life of the young prince Siharta, the founder of Buddhism. Yosuomi Ishifuji is directing the film off a screenplay, a screenplay by Reiko Yoshida. Hidaaki Manawa is designing the characters, and Toya Animation is producing the project in association with Tezuka Productions. Warner Brothers will release the film in Japan on May 28, 2011. Let's see how the odds of it coming here are. Next up, for those who like Chibi Vampire, a.k.a. Kareen, we've got good news for you. The North American manga publisher Tokyopop has announced on its Facebook account that it will publish Chibi Vampire Airmail, a collection of short manga stories based on Yuna Kagasaki's Chibi Vampire manga, a.k.a. Kareen. The short stories ran in Fujimi Shobu's Monthly Dragon Age magazine in uh, 2008, after the main Korean manga ended that same year. In addition to side stories about the main characters, as well as stories about previously unseen European vampires, Chibi Vampire Airmail includes manga strips about Kagasake's visit to Sakura-Con in Seattle. The Chibi Vampire Airmail volume will ship on August 31st. Tokyopop already published the original series as Chibi Vampire, Comic book resources Robot 6 blog reports that Tokyo Pop marketing director Marco Pavia declined to confirm the license of Hideka's uh, Hiromiya's Italia uh, Axis Powers manga. But let's see who does. And in a bit of what I consider humorous news, the Lawson Convenience Store chain has announced on Sunday that it is immediately canceling its promotional campaigns in the neighborhood of Hakone City, the inspiration for the fictional Tokyo 3 setting of the Evangelion anime uh, franchise. The campaigns were intended to promote the May 26th release of Evangelion re-re-re-re-re-re-re-release, Evangelion 2.22 You Cannot Advance, Evangelion Shin Keiji Joban Ha. Uh, in the campaign... Lawson released an augmented reality app for Apple's iPhone, which gave visitors a 360-degree, three-dimensional Evangelion unit against the real-life landscape of Hakone. In the second campaign, the existing Lawson convenience store branch at Hagone's Sengokuhara neighborhood was hijacked, in air quotes, with store-wide Evangelion signage and exclusive character goods. The nearby Sengoku Hara Junior High School served as the inspiration for Evangelion's fictional First Municipal Middle School and the site of the virtual AR Evangelion unit. Also, the Lawson Branch scene in the Evangelion films is based on the real-life Sengoku Hara Lawson Branch. The Gigazine website posted uh, images from the branch after its Evangelion hijacking on Friday. Both of these campaigns launched Friday and were intended to last until the middle of May. However, the official Evangelion website issued a warning on Saturday night to fans coming to Hakone. With the growing number of visitors, many were improperly parking their vehicles throughout the area, even on private property, and were creating a lot of hassles, as well as disturbing the local residents of the shops. The Evangelion site issued two more urgent warnings in the early hours of Sunday as the situation worsened still. Finally, the website announced on late Sunday morning that the two campaigns were cancelled, effective immediately. According to Lawson's announcement on the Hakone project cancellations, its separate nationwide Evangelion campaign will still launch as planned on April 27th. Update. 
According to the notice on the official website, the May 8th and 9th advanced screenings for the updated Blu-ray DVD version of the re-release of Evangelion 2.22 film will still take place as scheduled. The gymnasium of Sengoku Hara Junior High School is slated to host the screenings. Everyone hopes no one will be injured. <laughs> Next up, Nana manga creator Ai Yazawa returns from the hospital. Oh yes. Nana manga creator Ai Hazawa revealed in the May 4th issue of Kobinsha's uh, Josei uh, Jishin magazine that she returned home in early April from the Tokyo hospital, where she had been treated for an unspecified serious illness. She had put her Nana manga last summer on hold due to the sudden illness. However, she said that she has not been able to grip a pin once since her illness, and revealed that she does not know when or if she will be able to return to working yet again. And finally, somebody's on the run, but that somebody is two-dimensional. 31-year-old actor Yusuke Kamiji will star in a live-action television series adaptation of Yu Takata and Hideki Go's Tobo uh, Bengoshi Narita Makoto, the fugitive lawyer Makoto Narita. Uh, this manga uh, will have its adaptation starting in July on Japan's Fuji TV network. The live action version, tentatively titled as Tobo Bengoshi, the fugitive lawyer, will be Kamiji's first lead role in a television drama series. The human suspense story follows a lawyer named Makoto Narita, who is wanted for crimes he did not commit. Narita now helps people in trouble, even as he searches for the person who committed the crimes for which he was framed. Let's hope that unlike Detective Conan, this one actually has a sensible uh, length to it instead of lasting years and never resolving the original problem. Hideki Go is the pin name of a writer who also pinned the Kurosagi suspense manga under another pin name, Takashi Natsuhara. The original manga ran in eh, blah, blah, blah. Young Sunday Magazine from April of 2007 to July of 2008, and six compiled book volumes have been published. Well, that's it for the anime news, but it is certainly not it for this episode of Asa Radio. Stay tuned for our illustrious anime review. Way back, long ago, Aso Radio reviewed the Full Metal Alchemist TV series. This was all the way back on episode 91. Then, on episode 101, we reviewed the Full Metal Alchemist movie, The Conqueror of Shambhala. Later on, we reviewed the Full Metal Alchemist The Valley of the White Petals, the first book adaptation of uh the Full Metal Alchemist series, which was a actual uh, side story pinned by a different author. And of course, on episode 111, we did our first manga review of Full Metal Alchemist, which was volume 7. Well, you can imagine that as an anime fan, a manga fan, and a completist, I could not be happy unless we were to go and complete the Full Metal Alchemist collection on ASO Radio. With that in mind, this anime review and the Hotspot are both going to be focused on Full Metal Alchemist. The anime review will be about the recently released, and still being released, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, a new anime series based upon the manga. And the manga review will actually be a very 
lengthy manga review, not in the duration of the review, but in the number of books we will be reviewing. Uh, just to go and c take care of everything in one nice little bundle, we are going to review volumes 8 through 22 of the Full Metal Alchemist manga, because I figure if something's worth doing, it's worth doing excessively. So, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. What's this series all about? Well, like all the various Full Metal Alchemist incarnations, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is about two brothers, Alphonse and Edward Elric, who in grief over the death of their mother, decide to go and use their alchemy to try to bring her back to life. However, this goes awry, and as a result, Ed goes and loses his arm and leg, and Al loses his body entirely, having to use a replacement body uh, provided by a suit of armor. And the two then go out onto their own into the wider world in order to learn more about alchemy, in order to go and reclaim their bodies to pay for the sins of their past and return back to the way they once were. However, along the way they find out that the world is not as simple and friendly as they once thought it was, and that various nefarious uh, sources are planning to go and have terrible consequences for the people of their country and perhaps have plans which extend even beyond that. So, what makes Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood different from its predecessors? Well, like all of the Full Metal Alchemist products out there, it concerns Ed and uh, Alphonse, and of course we are eventually introduced to various um, chimera, half-human, half-animal creations, and of course the homunculi who appear to be behind all of this, and of course various characters throughout the military of the country that it takes place in, Amistris. So what makes this anime different from the first anime is that the first anime was started more or less when only yay much of the manga was completed, and therefore volumes 1 through 6 of the manga acted as the basis for the first Full Metal Alchemist series. So with that anime, as they approached the end of the manga material they had to work with, they had to go and be creative and invent their own storylines. and. Well, at first the two were pretty close, though more time was spent on some stories than others in order to meet episode allocations, but for the most part they were pretty close. Some minor details differed, but nothing significant. But as time wore on, things began to diverge more and more until eventually we got to the point in which the homunculus greed was introduced, at which point it seems that the two completely branched off from the same base with the anime going one way and its writers creating a uh, storyline of their own based upon their start in the manga. This then lasted for 51 episodes um, and I have to say was a very good series. After all, back on the episode in which we reviewed this initial series, episode 91, we gave the series a highly recommended and for good reason. It was really, really good. And then it started to be a bit not so good. Uh, Essentially what happened is that the writers kind of went in their direction and went along there and then they kind of went, well, uh, here we are and this is what we think should happen, but we really want people to go and see a movie adaptation of this. Let's get a little more money out of it. And so they created the movie The Conqueror of Shambhala, which acted as the uh, cap to this series. And unfortunately, while the series ended well, and um, even with some of the shall we say, brain-twisting uh, plot twists in the last, say, maybe 
five episodes, it was still a pretty good run to the series. I know I was really excited to see the end, and towards the last few episodes, with such eager anticipation, I looked to seeing them aired on the Cartoon Network Adult Swim broadcast that uh, in the last few, I was actually literally shaking with anticipation. Uh, and so I was greatly happy to see the end of that series. However, the movie they decided to make to wrap up the series, The Cocker of Shambhala, came off as a terribly written piece of fan fiction. It was not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it certainly was no way to go and end a series which, for the most part, was pretty good. And even though the uh, anime writer's uh, ideas for the plot and the way that the world worked were different from that of the manga, I thought that the anime's creations of these various ideas and how things worked was actually a pretty solid, well-written idea. And even some of their original characters, which took the place of characters not yet introduced in the manga, uh, were pretty good characters. So, yeah, that was nice. Movie, not so nice. What about the manga? Well, we'll get to reviewing that in a bit. But it is important to mention the manga because the second series is actually much closer to the manga than the original one. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the new television series, which started um, in 2009 in Japan and has recently begun airing here in America, um, takes essentially place from the beginning, as does the first anime and manga. However, we get in a special episode with a character exclusive to the anime at the very beginning, which doesn't really seem to have much bearing on the series as a whole, except to act as a bit of foreshadowing and have a few foreboding appearances by characters which will show up later down the road. Uh, nonetheless, it does seem like um, the first episode was definitely improved by the English dub. Um, you see, the first episode when I first saw the first episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, was subtitled. Funimation has decided that with many of its series that it will release them as they are released uh, in Japan, or rather, I should say, shortly thereafter. They don't want to go and one-up their Japanese uh, licensors, and so instead, Funimation has opted to go and air a subtitled version of episodes of some of its more popular series the day or uh, two after they air in Japan. So it is with Full Metal Brotherhood, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, as the title was chosen to be called here in America. In Japan, it was called Ren, uh, Renkinjutsu Shu. Oh, it's been a while since I longed it, but essentially, Full Metal Alchemist in Japanese, followed by the words Full Metal Alchemist in English. So if they had translated it for America, it would be Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist, or Renkin Jitsushi no Full Metal Alchemist, and it would, you know, they just have to switch the Japanese and English, which is what I would have done, right? Have Full Metal Alchemist in English in front, have Full Metal Alchemist in Japanese as the second, and then people will assume that's the name of the series. And then when they go to the store, they could still recognize it. But for whatever reason, Funimation said, hey, the, you know how we called the last DVD of the first anime, Brotherhood? We're going to go with that for the uh, new series, make it its name. No one will ever be confused when they're looking for DVDs, or maybe they wanted them to be confused and end up buying the other series too. But whatever it is, here we have this series. We open up with an episode, and don't want to spoil the first episode, but it, like I said, it's mainly foreshadowing and doesn't bear too much significance, so you don't have to worry about it too much. But it introduces the Ice Alchemist. Um, then it cuts back to the manga storyline, basically follows that through and through up until the cor current episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. 
So if it's so much like the manga, then why should there be any difference between the two, right? Which one should you choose? Well, let me tell you that Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is a bit of a weird beast. It tries to go and stick closer to the manga than the first anime did, and it does this to a bit of a fault. You see, in the Full Metal Alchemist manga, there tends to be little short gag comics at the end. They might be short one-panel things, they might be three or four-panel things, or they might just be funny little sketches. Well, when they were making the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood series, they decided that it would be a good idea to go and try and integrate some of this uh, tomfoolery into the manga for comedic effect. Unfortunately, they decided that it would be great to put these not as little bonus shorts at the end of the episode, such as in the manga, but instead actually integrate them into the episodes. So what you have is several numerous or tense scenes in which they decided to go and insert these gag comics from the end of the Tonkoban collections of the manga, which totally ruins the mood. I mean, you'll have something serious going on, and then something totally weird and out of character, out of place happen, and it definitely goes and ruins the whole feeling of the tense situation, and takes away from the drama, and, I don't know, ruins the enjoyment of the scene by going and trivializing whatever's happening. Well, they learn their lesson later on, and they eventually stop doing this, but they go through a season or two worth of episodes before you start to notice a decline in the amount of gag comics thrown out there. And for some strange reason, they felt that they needed to retread ground that's already been tread by the earlier series. Now, I realize not everybody will have watched the Full Metal Alchemist uh, anime or read the manga, but it seems that they could basically recap what happened in a few short episodes and didn't need to go and redo everything from well, the other sources and could have just, you know, dropped things further along. Then again, they may have had an episode quota to meet, and they figured a good way of filling out time was to go and cover stories that had already been done, even if they covered them in a much shorter expanse of time compared to the original anime. Also, something that's strange about the anime Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is that the character designs are off. Sometimes the faces look too wide, sometimes the eyes look peculiar, sometimes they're just spaced wrong, and... For the most part, it gets better with time, but sometimes it really kind of throws off the way the character looks. Everything will be fine one moment, and then you go, what's wrong with her face? Yeah. Another thing on a bit of a pet peeve level with me is that it seems that the director of this series didn't like all the strong female characters that are famous from the Full Metal Alchemist manga and said, you know, these characters that Hiromu Arakawa created... They just don't seem like they're realistically female enough. They're too strong and independent. We need to go and make them more whiny and, and less strong and more easy to fall apart or go to tears than they, uh, than they are in the uh, book. Yeah, because that'll make them more believable. Well, perhaps it's just the American in me, or perhaps it's just the want things to be authentic to the manga in me. But while I don't mind storyline changes or little minutia changed, you don't change fundamentals about the characters. I feel that the anime made the characters of Winry and the character of uh, Hawkeye to be much weaker than they were in the in the manga. 
Now, I don't mean weak overall. I mean less strong, as in they're more willing to go and and cry on somebody's shoulder or have a bit of a tear fest or just not be able to manage things on their own as compared to the manga. Now, you might wonder, well, if the manga is supposed to be the inspiration for this new anime, which is trying to stick close by it, then what's the deal? Well, like many series, not mini-series as in tiny-series, but as in several series, they decided to go and change all sorts of little bits, little odds and little ends, make them a little bit different from the manga, just to go and, I don't know, add flavor to it, or make it so that fans of the manga wouldn't be so bored and they could keep an eye out for all these little things. Myself, as someone who has read the manga, have found this to be just confusing. It's like they change things just for the sake of changing them. And for the most part, they're not that big, but they're little things. And so you start to get confused. You say to yourself, wait, was the thing I just saw the way it was in the manga, or am I remembering right and they changed things? Or am I just noticing so many little things changed that I think this thing changed even though it didn't? So it ends up being very confusing in that regard and needlessly changed in my opinion. Well, as we get further and further along, we eventually reach a point at which, um, well, as I said, I try to keep these reviews as spoiler-free as I can and only give out what's necessary in order to cover the review. So while I won't go and say exactly what goes on, as we get up along in the anime episodes, we eventually reach a point where there's several characters in the north, and they decide to go and... Um, separate their different ways. Well, in the manga, it doesn't happen like that. In the manga, things are done in a different order, and the characters don't split into three groups. They actually stay together in one group, send one character off, then they travel to a town, then they go and do some stuff there before the group of people there goes and splits into two, and the one character that's split off ends up going and returning to Central City, which is definitely not how it went down in the anime. In the anime, they had them go and split their own three ways, and it's at this point in the show that things really start to branch off, and it's almost like it's uh, the first anime all over again. Instead of going and branching off at, say, book uh, seven, like the first Full Metal Alchemist anime adaptation did, this one seems to go and branch off about, uh, let's just say, book mm, 18 or so. And so, as a result, we end up going and having things, you know, these gag comics integrated, the weird faces, um, the the um, uh, the little changes that are everywhere that start to drive you crazy because it's all this little minutia that gets mixed up. And then it decides after enough time, you know what, now we need to start branching off because we're catching up to the manga and we need to go and do things our way. And, you know, we like to mix it up anyways to try to go and keep people on our feet and just for the sake of variety and just because we can. It almost feels arbitrary for the reasons that they do the things that they do and the things that they change feel all the more arbitrary. As if they're like, yeah, I feel like this, but not like this. I don't know why, I just do. Now, not all is glum chum. I mean, basically, the story, as I said, follows the manga, and it's a very good story. As I've reviewed Full Metal Alchemist in the past, I don't want to reiterate it here, and there's still the manga to review, so I might mention a bit more of the story in the manga review section of the episode. But suffice it to say that there is actually some really good music to the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood series. Now, some of it's your boring background music, and it seemed to me that I had heard a lot of it before. 
but the opening and closing songs and animation were really quite nice. Now, um, some of them I didn't initially like at first. I still don't like the childlike crayon wiggly drawings that make up the closing credits for a season. Uh, but most of the opening songs were really great, high action caliber. Um, I mean, the music was great, and the action is just matching it perfectly, really gets you pumped up for an episode. And even now, I find myself going to Funimation's website or YouTube just to go and watch those excellent animated openings once more, because they were really just that good. Unfortunately, the ending songs are largely dumb and skippable, and for whatever reason, they decided, you know what, I realize this is an action series, say the animator producers and director and writers, but you know, we need to go and try to play up Winry more as a love interest. Now, you know, don't get me wrong, the manga has its various aspects to it, but with this, they decided, man, we're getting paid to go and feature J-pop songs as the opening and ending songs on these anime that we make. We need to go and take uh, this Winry character and make it seem like she's some sort of lovesick, you know, doughy-eyed girl that's constantly going and sighing to herself, thinking about, you know, those that she has a crush on, or blah, 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 blah. So like I said, it just seems like the directors didn't get the characters. Like, they're like, oh my god, these women are too strong and independent. No, 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 they need to be weak and cry and constantly be, you know, fawning and sighing over those that they feel affection towards. And so we end up with some of the closing animations that we do for the season. The voice acting is actually pretty rock solid on both the English and Japanese sides. And uh, I'd say about 90% of the cast is uh, returning from the previous dubs. I know in the English cast, from what I recall, there were only two roles that needed to be recast, and one of those was because Alphonse had grown up from being a little boy to being an adult, and the voice didn't quite match anymore. Uh, but the new voice actor in the English dub for Alphonse is actually displaying a quite competent and emotional range, and I think that he's going to be a great asset to the series, and that he's going to be a great uh, actor or voice actor as he gets older as well. The Japanese voice cast was a bit difficult for me to adjust to at first because I had grown accustomed to the English voice cast featuring Vic Manana in the leading role as Edward Elric, um, but over time I grew um, a certain bit of fondness to the voice actors in the Japanese version, even though they used females to play the boys' roles. And all in all, they did a pretty good job. And much like the English dub, the Japanese dub felt like it was a little bit uh, rusty, as if the characters, uh, the voice actors weren't feeling quite in character, having not played the characters for so long. And like I said, the English voice cast had similar difficulties, it seems. The first episode that didn't quite sound like Roy Mustang was Roy Mustang in the English dub. And um, Edward seemed pretty right on, but not quite there. Alphonse was very, very good. I was very impressed by his debut. And all in all, I think that the English dub is going to really uh, grow in once they start to wear in the shoes again, once everybody gets used to their new roles. It should be mentioned that the um, ADR director and the screenwriter for the English adaptation deserve kudos. As I mentioned earlier, the original episode one of the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episode was a hodgepodge of insanity. It's like they decided, yes, we need this guy who has apparently gone off the deep end to go and take down the Fuhrer in his mad alchemy-fueled quest to stop the Fuhrer's plans. 
Um, but then they decided to, instead of having the Full Metal Alchemist approach of characters grounded in reality with their fillings and actions and approach, they went, that's too much work. The Ice Alchemist must be some sort of insane guy who's cackling with a madman with beady little bulging eyes. And so they created this Douglas McDougal, or whatever his name was, Isaac McDougal. Anyways, that was just insane, and I was about ready to drop the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood anime right then and there when I first watched it in Japanese. Um, so big kudos goes out to the screenwriter and ADR director for playing down the crazy and editing the English dub in such a way as to go and make that episode much more stomachable. It went from a good lord, avoid this episode at all cost things to, well, that wasn't so bad, a little bit better than, you know, neutral, but uh, still not that great. So they took something terrible and made it stomachable, and they get a bit of applause for that. Nonetheless, however, um, the series, like I said, has a lot of funkiness to it. Weird faces, um, weird choice of putting gags in where they shouldn't be, and uh, just changing things for no good reason. It's just weird, and it's not like, for the most part, it's big things. For the most part, it's little things. But then once the group splits up, then they start to seem to introduce the big changes. So I suppose it's best to take the approach that one must often take with multiple adaptations of the same source material, and just consider each one to be its own separate universe, a different take on the same premise. So in the end, what do I give Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? Well, I think that the show deserves a rating of recommended. It's not bad. It could be a lot better if they had just exercised some more care with handling the characters and not watered down the female characters and not reworked the voices. Um... But all in all, it's not bad. If you don't feel like reading the manga or you have adversity to uh, things that are written to be read from right to left, as most uh, Japanese manga is released in America these days, then Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood isn't a bad way to uh, watch the series. However, if you would much prefer seeing the characters have stronger character traits, male or female, or even if uh, you just feel like uh, having your own voices for the characters instead of those assigned, I think that the Full Metal Alchemist manga is a better choice. However, Full Metal Alchemist gets a rating of recommended. You know what that music means. It's time for us to read some of the Aether Radio fan mail. Now, it's been a while since we opened up the dust bag. <coughs> I mean, <coughs> mailbag. Oh, man. Dust everywhere. Okay, let's see what we have here. First, we've got uh, something from Doug Boy Tolt. Right, so here are the large flat images and the respective PSD files, so you can tinker and change backgrounds and stuff if you want. And another one that says, Part 2, here's the one you really wanted. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for your business. What does this mean? Well, I actually commissioned this artist, Doug Boitolt, through DeviantArt to go and provide us with some new official bandy artwork for the website. As a result, uh, he worked nice and um, diligently on these last year for ASO Radio. And as a result of the relaunch of ASO since you know it's been so long and we're updating the website 
I think that it wouldn't be a bad idea to relaunch alongside these new pieces of bandy artwork. So please be sure to look forward to checking these out in the Artist Alley section of NZ17 Productions, which of course you can find links to through the ASO Radio website or through nz17.com. Alright, well we've got some other mail to read while we're here, so uh, let's take a look at this next one from Kyle Abair, famed anime voice actor. Kyle writes... I'll drop a quick note to mention on episode 101 about ASA Radio airing our promos. Uh, we are recording episode 101 on March 6th, and we're even going to be streaming live on Stickam. We'd prefer to have a promo to play for your show, because we like having a little commercial break between some of the segments for a break in the action. So try and whip up a promo, and we'll be happy to play it. All my best, Kyle. Well, thanks, Kyle. I appreciate that. We'll be sure to put together an ASO radio promotional clip for you to play on your po- uh, on your podcast called the Big Bald Broadcast. And uh, once we do, I think that we can work out a definite swapping of the uh, promos to help uh, pitch your audience to my show and my show to your audience. And uh, I think we'll all get some more audience members as a result. Next up, we've got an email from a fan by the name of Dark Yeti. Dark Yeti writes, Love all the all the talk you but no more one hour forty eight minute ones, okay? I believe what Dark Yeti is writing here is that he loves all the talk that we do here on Acer Radio, but he finds the lengthier versions of the podcast are too much to listen to in one setting, and would much prefer shorter, more frequent episodes. We'll keep that in mind, Dark Yeti, and thanks for the feedback. And of course, everyone's welcome to go to nz17.com and check out the fan mail section to send us their own fan mail to let us know what they think of the show. Next up, we have an email from Widia, who runs a very famous um, anime cosplay site. Let's see. I wrote to her about the cosplay pics that we've been taking at SakuraCon and at Anime Bonsai and posting on the NZ17 Productions Artist Alley. Whittier wrote back to say, Thanks for sending the links to me. I appreciate the time and effort you took to inform me. I've included them in this week's update, which I have just uploaded, so please have a look when you have time. I'm not sure if my site has fans, but I do know a lot of people enjoy checking the various sites and pages I post, so for them, I thank you. As always, Widya Santoso. And if you like checking out um, any sort of cosplay pictures, I certainly hope you check out the link section of our website to go and find a link to this excellent source of cosplay pictures. Let's see. Next up, we have a bit of fan mail from something called Ocast Radio Network. Uh, The writer wrote... We're having an organization of online radio shows that have made a commitment to exposing the radio audience to Japanese animation. Our shows range from basic news and press announcements to music programs, Anime 101 and Otaku 101 shows, and also shows featuring interviews with music and guests and voice actors and actresses. Bringing your podcast to live radio... You'd be able to accept callers, which means your personal online caller number, play music from an online library which you upload, host a chat box during the live shows, and before or after. If all this sounds like something that interests you, please email the Otakcast Radio Network. Thanks again, and we hope to see your show online at blogtalkradio.com. 
Well, sender O this email, I do very much appreciate the invitation to have ASO Radio as part of your network. However, we've been here at NZ17.com since 2003 and doing the show on our own since 1999. Now, perhaps not being syndicated as part of a larger talk network of podcasts or otherwise may be a detriment at times to people discovering us, but I think that ASO Radio does pretty well on its own. And besides, I'm used to the system that we use, and I'm pretty happy with the results. So I think we'll just go ahead and keep things the way they are for now. Let's see. We've got a few more emails, and I want to save some of these for future episodes of ASO Radio. So we'll just take on a few more for this episode before we call it good for this one. Let's see, the next one is up from the Miro Guy. They write, NZ17, your podcast feed was approved as a channel in the Miro Guide. You can view, edit, and get stats on your channel at Miro.com. If you'd like more viewers to experience your show in Miro, add a one-click subscribe button to your website or social network. Then it becomes so easy for people to get every episode of your show. Thanks for adding ASO Radio to the Miro Guide. Well, Miro, you're very welcome. And for any listeners out there that like to use the Miro uh, audio multimedia video uh, podcast um, discovery tool, which is available, I believe, at Miro.com or at participatoryculture.org, you can go and uh, feel free to subscribe to the official ASO Radio listing featured now on the Miro Guide. Let's see, we've got another email, this one from Allison at The Right Stuff International. She writes, Hi, NZ17. This is Allison at Right Stuff. I've added you to our press release list. As we announce products that may be of interest to your readers, I think she means listeners, please let me know, and we'll see about review copies from there. And if you have any requests from our recent releases or back catalog, be sure to let me know about those two. All the best, Allison. Well, thank you, Allison. And when the right stuff uh, releases something that I think that our listeners would be highly interested in hearing about, I'll be sure to go and send you an email requesting a uh, review copy for the show. Let's see. Let's find out what Aaron Kavos has, or Kavazos has written. Dear NZ17, thank you for your interest in Animego products. We do provide review copies, but as you may know, Animego isn't as active in the anime business as we used to be. We did release a huge anime series, Yawara, this year, but it's our first new series in a few years, and it may be a while before our next anime release. Unfortunately, our screener list is strictly for live-action films, but I would be happy to send you a few anime back titles by request. In addition, I'll note your address for any future anime releases. Let me know what you're most interested in, and I'll do what I can to accommodate you. Thank you, and have a great day. Aaron. So I wrote back to Aaron. Thanks for the prompt reply. We have seen a lot of the anime that Animego offers and subsequently reviewed them on our show. But we haven't watched anything, er, uh, everything. <laughs> Sorry. We haven't watched everything, at least not yet. So we would like to view the following Yawara, Maddox 01, You're Under Arrest, and Urusei Yatsura. Now we realize that You're Under Arrest and Urusei Yatsura are a big, sprawling series. So feel free to send us just what you would like us to review. And you don't have to send us dozens of DVDs unless you want to do so. Wink. Thank you, NZ17 at ASO Radio. And he wrote back, NZ17, I'll send you a package today. Besides Yawara, those are all old shows, so we don't necessarily need coverage on them. But I'll see what I can do. 
I'm sure I can send you some of these. Let us know if there's anything else we can do to help. Thank you, Aaron. Well, Aaron, and everybody else at Animego, I would sincerely like to thank you for the review copies of Yawara uh, and all the other excellent Animego products that you sent our way. We'll be sure to review Yawara on the next episode of ASO Radio and subsequently review all the other DVDs that we were sent in the mail. And, of course, we welcome any review copies of uh, anime, which others may wish us to watch and review for the show, including those from big anime companies, retailers, or even fans that really, really like a series and want us to review it and happen to have a DVD they'd send our way so we can. Well, I think that does it for um, this episode's edition of Fan Mail. I think we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. Save the other nine emails for future usage on our uh, pending upcoming episodes of ASO Radio. After all, we have to move on to our hot spot, and I think it's about time that we do. Alright, well, it's time for the hot spot, and this week... Manga Review. The title? He who guessed it. Full Metal Alchemist. Anyways, we've covered this series extensively on Acer Radio. So, since this is likely to be the final review we're going to do of it, I'm going to go and tread a bit into the waters of Revelations. In other words, I'm going to probably spoil a few things in case you haven't uh, seen the series. And if you haven't, and aren't too adverse to such things, it'll be a nice introduction. This is what we have. Ed and Alphonse, two brothers. Uh, they take after their father, who is skilled in alchemy, and decides one day he must go off on his own. This leaves behind them with their mother in a remote village. The boys decide to go and take after their father and learn the ways of alchemy. Their mother gets sick and passes away. The boys, distraught with grief, decide to go and play with alchemy, not for their own knowledge and for un but instead to go and revive their dead mother. This, of course, is a taboo among alchemists, and Ed and Al learn the price for such a thing. Ed goes and loses an arm and a leg, and Al loses his whole body, and is but a soul attached to a suit of armor. They are then visited by members of the military, who convince them that they would be best served by joining the military, and why they would, in turn, become human weapons at the beck and call of the military, that by doing so that they will be endowed with the research notes and means to go and find what they are looking for, the Philosopher's Stone, that which is spoken of to go and grant an alchemist powers beyond that of which they should be given by the rules of equivalent exchange, for with equivalent exchange, what you put into the system is what you get out of the system. And with the Philosopher's Stone, it is said that one may bypass this equivalent exchange system and get back more than one pays. Ed and Al are intrigued, and with the promise of much research notes from the military and funds in order to further their own research, as the military has its own reasons for wanting the Philosopher's Stone, Ed and Al set forth on their journey, seeking out more information about this. They are then tracked down by other interested parties, the Homoculi, who seem to be plotting behind the scenes in order to go and use the humans for their own ends. It is revealed after a time that these Homoculi are pulling the strings of perhaps not just those in Central, but that of the whole country. Ed and Al then 
eventually realize that there are more important things at stake than just them and their personal quest to redeem themselves for the um, sins that they have committed and lost body parts for and their goal of returning themselves to their once former bodies and decide to take on these homunculi and their sinister plans, their mysterious plans that have not been revealed but are most definitely against the best wishes of the humans who think that they are the ones who are truly in control. As you might imagine, I like Full Metal Alchemist. I like it an awful lot. As a matter of fact, I think that uh, if you're an anime fan, you owe it to yourself to definitely give this series a try. And if you try it, you're probably going to find something that you really like. And it may be something beyond the Naruto and Bleach that you're used to. However, if you're used to the large cast of Naruto and Bleach, Full Metal Alchemist will be a welcome change. Not because there's not very many people to the cast. As a matter of fact, there is a large cast of Full Metal Alchemist. However, there is definitely a prime group of people that make up the primary um, members of the story, a strong and large secondary cast, and of course a larger and uh, not as important but very necessary to support the story tertiary class of uh, characters. However, as I said, it's a welcome change because you only need to focus and remember the main characters and think of the rest more or less as uh, support or additional characters to the overall story. However, it is nonetheless intriguing and very well thought out. Hiromu Arakawa, the female author of the Full Metal Alchemist manga, does an incredible job of drawing it. The character designs and faces are always well drawn, and the architecture is varied and interesting throughout the series. There are actually a multitude of cultures present in the Full Metal Alchemist manga. The majority of the series takes place inside of a country named Armistress, which is comprised of a uh, primary race of characters, who are definitely the majority, but also a few minorities. Um, and these are well represented in various ways, including one which is suppressed by the military, which uh, seems to have resulted in a war that has impacted all of the characters called the Ishbalan War. Um, this war is hinted at throughout most of the series, but at around volume 15, it, uh, the story decides to take a halt in its progress to actually go and speak about the war in full. And so we spend pretty much the majority of Volume 15 of Full Metal Alchemist in an extended flashback as characters recall the events of the Ishbalan War for the benefits of the readers and the listeners in the story. I was a bit discouraged by this point because we'd constantly been hearing about the Ishbalan War up until this point in Full Metal Alchemist, and I figured, you know, we kind of got the point. We don't need to go and spend additional time on this. If there's any extra information, somebody can just say it. But they felt the need, Hiromu Arakawa did at least, to go and spend time to go and cover the war more fully, which was great and all for going and setting up important bits, but also we had heard so much about the war by volume 15, we didn't want to hear any more, but we did. And it was very discouraging. Well, maybe very discouraging is overstating it, but it was a bit to slog through to go and continue on with the story. I'm glad I did, however, because Full Metal Alchemist is definitely a series that rewards you. And unlike some series which just stay um, constantly focused on a single character, Full Metal Alchemist jumps around. 
you might have a period of time where it focuses on Edward, and then it might shift focus to Alphonse, and then it might shift focus to the Fuhrer and Central, and then it'll shift focus again to uh, Colonel Roy Mustang and his crew, and then it might switch back to Ed, and then later it will go and switch over to some group of people that you haven't been introduced yet, and eventually that group will meet up with some of the existing characters. So it does a nice job of going and keeping you from board by going and switching from point and location and character to character, but not frequently enough to be bothersome. Generally, they'll stick with the same group of characters for a chapter or two, and only switch off towards the end of a chapter or uh, at the beginning of the next chapter. And therefore, you spend enough time to be comfortable with the characters, but also be ready to see what's happening with someone else. And this approach also works well to go and provide us with a nice, this is what's happening in multi multiple places simultaneously. Um, sometimes the stories will be, this is what's happening with this character, now this is happening with this other character after all those events, but oftentimes it shows what's happening with one group and then switches to another and shows what they experience, and of course it makes more sense to the reader because if something happens off in the distance that the character is in another section C and the reader has seen that or later sees it, then it all comes together and gels nicely. Um, the story, as I said, has a lot of characters, but you can basically... Um, keep track of everyone that's important, and while you may not recall the names of all the secondary and tertiary characters, they're all likable, enjoyable, and you'll recognize their faces more or less instantly. Um, the homunculi are comprised of a core group, each named after the seven deadly sins, and uh, the main characters that you really have to be concerned about are Ed and Al, their friend Winry, um, Colonel Mustang and his crew, and uh, some foreigners introduced from a uh, nearby country. And that's really about it. Oh, sure, there's friends or there's comrades of the characters, but more or less they play their roles. And while you'll definitely follow them and their stories and sometimes learn more about their families or histories or the unknown shared histories or what have you, it's all more or less focused on these primary characters. And so the show never, or the show, the manga never becomes too much to go and balance in your head. You always know who's who, what's what, and, you know, who they're with, and um, so on and so forth. The art is very good. Um, as I said, not only is the characters um, well drawn, but the architecture is spot on as well. You'll see nice, crisp, sharp angles to go and lay out the buildings. Crumbling buildings look appropriate with, you know, where they should be solid they are, where they're broken apart. You can see exposed beams and reams and all sorts of innards of the walls. The action scenes in this series are really great. Um, it uses lots of nice uh, dynamic uh, high angles on the artwork during the action scenes, so a character might rush forward. You've got these great lines emphasizing the action and the movement. If nothing else, Hiromu Arakawa has a great sense of uh, space, and so in, in some manga, they'll be very confusing. You're not sure exactly what's going on. Maybe if the characters are standing around, it's not so confusing, but then you'll have a big like bird's eye view scene, and you're not too sure of what's going on. Or there might be an action scene, and you know there's action happening, but you don't know what's happening. That is not the case in Full Metal Alchemist. It is always quite clear what is happening, who is doing what. So if someone's punching at someone, you know that that person's fist is raising, you know who they're aiming at, and you get a great sense of, okay, this arm is here, so this arm and leg are here, so they can move into, say, a spin kick or a, or a lunge or a duck. 
and uh, so the action really flows well and considering how often Ed and Al get in fights with Chimera or Homunculi throughout the series it is um, a very good thing because well not only are they exciting and fun but uh, it's drawn so well that you get a great sense of action in your head in your mind's eye you're able to take these frames and put them together into a fluid dynamic action fight unlike some authors that are just like, well, now there's a fight, you actually get a sense of gravity and physics to the fight that uh, a lot of manga lack. Now, um, uh, of course, like many titles, um, unfortunately, even though Full Metal Alchemist is a, shall we say, a big name title, it's not a Naruto or a Bleach or... Um, some of your bigger titles that are lucky enough to occasionally get color pages... So unfortunately, the Full Metal Alchemist manga, the uh, color pages are in grayscale. So that's right, you get black and white even for the color pages, which not uncommon for a series true, but discouraging nonetheless because the series is really great and I feel that if it sells as well as it does, that it deserves to have color pages. Hopefully, perhaps we'll start to get a re-release, maybe a larger print size or maybe some sort of omnibus collection of three volumes to a book and those will hopefully retain the color pages. Um, well, at least nothing else, there is an art book of uh, color artwork and uh, other uh, ideas that uh, are compiled together into a hardback, but that's not quite the same as having them actually in the manga. Speaking of uh, manga and the Japanese to American transition, uh, for the most part, the translation work is done rather well in uh, Full Metal Alchemist. The... Um, sound effects that are drawn into the backgrounds have been translated into English or rather I should say they've been translated into English characters the sound effects uh, sometimes take the form of like creak 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 where it literally has the word creak and sometimes they just have uh, sound effects uh, such as like woo 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 or whatever and so you may not be quite sure what the sound effect is supposed to be since oftentimes if they don't do a literal translation like creak 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 it may be some sort of Japanese onomatopoeia sound effect and so in your mind you might be thinking like woo 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 or woo 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 or something like that when really it's supposed to be an ominous sound like of tunnels like woo 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 but nonetheless they did a good job going and changing the artwork to make it look like it fits in and belongs there. Uh, the translation of the spoken dialogue itself, for the most part, is rather competent. Um, I didn't always like the spellings of the names. For example, since um, one of the characters' names is May, and she's from an Asian-like culture, I felt that her name should be spelled as an Asian name would be, uh, a more literal translation of M-E-I instead of M-A-Y. Um, because, well, like I said, some of the characters are from an Asian-inspired culture, and I feel that they should have left the names like that. I mean, when you have characters in places like Ling and Zing and Lanfan, you think they could leave a spelling like May the Asian way. But So, for the most part, however, the dialogue is well-written, well-translated. There was one dumb part in the later episodes of the manga... Alphonse realizes that there are these pages with a secret code on them and you need to lay them out in a certain way uh, in order to get a message on the front and then when you switch over the pages onto their back and lay them out in the same fashion you get the second hidden message the more hidden message I guess you could say in the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood manga I mean 
anime series, they did a pretty good translation with the subtitles in regards to the thought process Al went through with regards to some of the words that the other characters are saying, putting those words together in his head and using those to go and figure out, oh, these pages need to be unbound and reassembled in this way, and that there's a message hidden on the front when you arrange them in this pattern, and another matching on the back. In the manga, however, this wasn't translated quite right. Don't get me wrong, all of the dialogue and things the character said sounded natural, but it seemed like the translators were working from a literal translation, then they rewrote it into English, and the problem stemmed from the translator that took it from Japanese to English and the editor that took it from the, you know, literal Japanese to English translation to a more flowing English translation were not one and the same character. Generally, they're not in the anime or manga industry, but in this case, you could really fill it because the editor didn't go, oh, this is the thought in Al's head and this is the other thought in Al's head, and he put these thoughts together, realized that it was connected with the pages and said this. So the translation comes off really funky, and unless you're able to go and somehow read the subtleties of the artwork or have seen the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood anime and therefore the same scene and gotten it that way, you'd leave your head scratching going, wait, what just happened? How did Al magically know everything was there even though he said a word that none of the other characters said? And so that part was a bit mishandled. However, 99% of the time, we've got a spot-on translation with the Full Metal Alchemist manga. And while there are some periods in which things drag, like the let's go and actually tell the story of Ishbal's war instead of just going and, you know, having the flashbacks suffice, or uh, a few spots here and there, like around uh, book 17, things were a little draggy too. Um, but it is a great story with a definite breakdown of these books make up the first act, these books up make the middle act, and now we're getting into the last act, um, because as this review is recorded, uh, the books have been released up to book 22, and this review of, of volumes 8 through 22. And I have to say that it has been a heck of a ride, plenty of action, very awesome. Um, the emphasis, however, is not on the fighting. Yes, there's plenty of fighting, but it's all about the adventure that Ed and Al are on and their quest for redemption and their learning and growing over time and realizing that there's more to the world than just themselves. And while they're still on their goal to go and get their original bodies back, they have something bigger to deal with first. And of course, all of the threats, dangers, action, and excitement that go on in such a perilous journey. So for the excellent action-adventure Full Metal Alchemist manga, I am giving this series a top recommended. And in case I all full metaled you out this episode, don't worry, we probably won't be reviewing this series again until the series finishes its print run, and given the rate that uh, Viz is publishing it these days, since they're so close to the Japanese releases, I have a feeling it's going to be a long time before we feel the need to revisit this series. Anyways, Full Metal Alchemist, the manga, top recommendation. Well, Otaku out there in listener land, we have reached the end of another episode of ASO Radio. Yes, this episode was, well, well overdue. I intended to record this, actually, several months ago. As a matter of fact, let's see, four plus three, seven months ago. But I think that while the wait was long, and let's be honest, it was probably way too long, that it was worth it to get another episode of ASO Radio out. And as my commitment to you, I have decided that 
to make up for this extended absence on my behalf, that we are going to go and release ASO Radio episodes on a much more regular schedule. I have already recorded several reviews in advance, which we will be playing throughout the next so many episodes. I currently believe I have pre-recorded seven reviews, but I plan on recording even more. The reason being is if I record these reviews in advance, build up a nice huge stockpile, that will help take care of about 20% of each episode, lightening the load on my behalf, and always having something ready to play in case we haven't gotten anything new to review in in time for the following episode. So, I don't want to over-promise things, as I tend to do. I am a guy with many projects who starts, gets the interesting part done, and then says, eh, that's good enough, and kind of leaves the rest of the pieces laying there. So, I don't want to overcommit myself, but I'm thinking that this year we're going to get at least a dozen episodes of ASO Radio done. My goal is to have at least one episode per month, and I promise you a minimum of ten. But, if things stick with the way I'm planning for them to go, and hoping for them to go, I'm thinking that we're going to be back more on a weekly release schedule. However, since I'm as flaky as a crusty apple pie, and just as reliable... I think it would be best for our listeners, if you want to stay on track of all the ASO Radio happenings and latest releases, you should subscribe to our podcast feed. We actually have two different feeds. One is for NZ17 in general, and will contain all the updates to ASO Radio, as well as our sister sites, Anifanatiku and V the comic, and our main feed, which is, well, I guess the other one would be our main feed since it covers all of NZ17 Productions, but our second feed covers exclusively ASO Radio. So, using your favorite RSS reader, you can subscribe to our podcast, or you can click on the iTunes button that is featured on the ASO Radio homepage. This will open up the iTunes program and bring you to a subscribe button. Subscriptions to ASO Radio are always free, and you can feel free to subscribe to us in iTunes by using the button on our webpage, or merely search in iTunes for the ASO Radio Anime Podcast and use the subscribe button from there. And of course, our RSS feeds just use standard encapsulation for our episodes, so you can subscribe to ASO Radio using your favorite RSS reader or podcast catcher, including the likes of Juice or Google's various applications like the customized Google homepage or the Google Reader and a hodgepodge of other things such as Miro and the Creative Podcast website. However you find ASO Radio and however you best choose to enjoy it, I recommend you subscribe so you can stay on top of all our latest releases as they happen. But of course, you're more than welcome to just do the simple standard thing and visit ASO Radio whenever you want to check for a new episode. We don't mind. And in the coming weeks, we will be relaunching our newsletter, What's Up at NZ17 Productions. So, uh, if you don't like or don't uh, understand how RSS works, you can subscribe to our email newsletter, which we will send out periodically. I'm hoping for once a week on that, probably release it the day after the ASA Radio episodes get released, which I'm thinking I might move to a Thursday or Friday release schedule. But however it is, and whenever it is, Look forward to going and subscribing to the ASO Radio NZ17 Productions newsletter. The newsletter itself will go and be added to our ASO Radio website page and the main NZ17 Productions page once it is ready for you to subscribe to. And, of course, we won't go and sell or share your email address with anybody because nobody deserves to have your email address unless you give it to them yourself. So we look forward to having people subscribe to our newsletter 
And until next episode, this is NZ17, signing out.